Welcome to the Positively Encouraging People podcast. I'm your host, Jen Anderson. Each week, we will have a conversation about ways you can love yourself more, set better boundaries, and build up your self-confidence. We will talk about tools you can use, simple tips and stories to encourage and lift you up. You will learn from my experiences and struggles and those of my guest speakers. After spending years feeling undervalued in my relationships, jobs, and almost every area of life, I learned how a story from my childhood was keeping me stuck in that feeling because I believed it was all I deserved. By proving that story wrong and learning to set healthy boundaries, I discovered my worth and started loving myself completely. Creating a life that is both fulfilling and in my true alignment is important to me. And if you feel the same way, you are in the right place. So sit back and relax. Your stress-free weekly pep talk with Jen is about to begin. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Positively Encouraging People podcast. I'm your host, Jen Anderson, and today I want to talk to you about healthy personal boundaries. Most of us spend our days rushing from one task to another at work and at home, only to drop into our beds at midnight, completely exhausted and overwhelmed and just totally spent. One thing I've noticed is that our society has changed a great deal over the past 50 plus years, and today we're addicted to speed. We see busyness as a status symbol. We take care of not only our children, but also our aging parents, and we work as many hours as possible to keep ahead of the Joneses or whoever we're comparing ourselves and our lives to. So it's no wonder that most of us ignore ourselves and our needs. It seems like there's simply not the time to do more than grab food on the go and snag a few hours of sleep before starting it all again. Have you ever stopped to wonder if this is the way you want to live? We somehow find it easier to make time for other people's needs than we do our own. And those who do make it a priority to find time for themselves are considered selfish and self-centered. Since we certainly don't want others to view us in that way, we soldier on, pushing through instead. Whereas what we need to do is take a break so that we can take care of ourselves and our energy. Everyone deserves to thrive in life, not just survive one day to the next. And that is why I want to come on here and talk to you. So part of this came about because I created this little workbook, Ah called Healthy Personal Boundaries. And as I started writing it, I realized that this would make a really good podcast as well and a great way to get that workbook out to people. So the workbook is down in the show notes and I will probably refer back to it again. Um, But just know that it's down there and that as I go through this today, you can pause this, you can download that and you can use it to start jotting down your information, or you can save it and you can go through it at another time. Um, It's just a very simple, basic workbook. It's really just got the information in it. I didn't do a lot of fluff and stuff to it because it's more important for me to get the workbook out there than to make it this thing 
that takes, you know, 50 pages and you can't print it or look at it. So anyways, that's kind of what we're looking at and that's where we're at. So let's talk about setting boundaries, why they're important and how you can start setting them and implementing them right away. If you have difficulty putting your own needs above those of others, you no doubt have issues with setting personal boundaries. And there are so many of us that struggle with this. I know I still struggle with it at times and have for, for forever. Um, but I, I am as a, I call myself a reformed people pleaser. Um, and so that is getting a little bit better, which I like. It seems more than ever before that people seem to be happy to let others pick up their slack or avoid taking responsibility for themselves and their actions. What this means to those of us who lack firm boundaries is that we are the ones who take responsibility for others and pick up the slack. If we have weak personal limits, other people know this and take advantage of our desire to feel needed and of our overdeveloped responsibility muscle. They continually expect us to put them and their needs first. And it's time for each of us to determine what we're comfortable doing in any relationship so that we stop feeling manipulated and we can enjoy our lives. So the question I have for you is, do you know that you need strong personal boundaries? How do you know if you could use a shoring up of your boundaries? I have a small list here of questions that will help you know where and why you need to set some good personal boundaries. There is an even longer list of questions in the setting healthy boundaries worksheet in the show notes below, or you can message me on social media at thankful hearts coaching, and I will send you the link so that you can download the workbook yourself. There is a lot of thought provoking questions and inspiration on that in that workbook. So be sure to get yours today. So here are just a few of those questions. Do you believe your happiness depends on others? Are you unable to say no, even when you want to? Do you feel responsible for other people's feelings? Are you more concerned with what others think of you than what you think of yourself? Do you feel consistently drained by all that you have to do? Do you neglect your own needs, even basic care, such as eating and sleeping? Do you always go only with what other people want instead of voicing your own desires? Maybe because it's simpler like that or because you're afraid of making someone angry. If you recognize yourself in many of these questions, don't worry. We're going to discover how to set personal healthy boundaries and provide you ways to get started to creating your own. So what is a healthy personal boundary? If no one ever taught you how people should treat you, or you were never encouraged to determine what you're willing to put up with, you may believe that setting boundaries only leads to becoming hard and uncaring. But nothing could be further from the truth. You deserve to be treated fairly and kindly and with love and respect, just like others do. 
You deserve to choose to say no to taking on others' responsibilities and choosing how you spend your time. So I would like to do a little activity with you. And again, this activity is in the workbook. Think back to your childhood, to a time where you may, where maybe you felt like someone wasn't treating you right, but you were too scared to speak up. Or maybe you did speak up and those who were supposed to be defending you didn't. If you came up with a time or six, this is probably what has led you to not set good, healthy, personal boundaries. Now I want you to take a deep breath in and let go of that feeling that memory brought up for you. As you exhale, forgive whoever wronged you and remind yourself that it's not too late to make changes for the positive in your life. You get to do this for you. Take a couple more deep breaths in and release any tension that you have around this scenario. Do this as many times as you need to. You can do it for all sorts of different scenarios. You can even do it now when people bother you and upset you and hurt your feelings. This is a great little exercise to keep handy to use any time you're needing to just clear out some negative energy. Setting healthy personal boundaries isn't about barricading yourself behind a wall so that you don't get hurt. It's about respecting yourself enough to admit what you want and demand it from others in your life. Setting strong personal boundaries is an absolute must on your journey to making yourself a priority in your own life. It's a foundational part of the process. And without them, you'll soon be back to saying yes to everyone's needs and wants except your own. Building healthy boundaries is one of the best ways you can put yourself and your needs first. They protect you from being taken advantage of, being a doormat, and they define who you are in each of your relationships and help you be more fully aware of who you are and what you want and what you deserve. Personal boundaries also teach others how to treat you with respect and care. They encompass your feelings, thoughts, beliefs, choices, intuition, needs, and wants. Your boundaries should stay firm and clear, though you can choose in what situations to allow them to be flexible. They aid you in discovering your true self and making sure that you live life on your own terms. They develop your self-awareness and self-respect. And always remember, if someone in your life can't respect your boundaries, it has more to do with them and less to do with you. Keep gently reminding them and stick to your boundaries. Do not give in. 
They might be testing you to see how soon you will back down. Now that you understand what boundaries are and you know yours should be stronger, let's look at the steps to begin setting yours today. It's important to realize and remember that setting boundaries are not a one and done thing. You will need to practice using them in different situations on a on an ongoing basis. As you get more comfortable with them, you'll find it easier and more natural to use them and to even come up with them on the fly when you need something and it's a different situation that you've not been in before. That will really help that the more you do it and the stronger they get. No one is really born with boundaries in place. Each of us needs to decide for ourselves what ours are and then stand firm in expecting them to be met and accepted by others. This process is learned and everyone can do it. So let's look at the steps to creating personal boundaries and investigating how you can create your own. The first step is to understand yourself. And how do you want to be treated by others? After all, if you don't know yourself, how can anyone else know how they should treat you? So think about this. If you constantly treat yourself poorly, you talk poorly to yourself out loud, you make poor decisions that create people to think that you don't like yourself, why do you think they're going to like you and find value in you and respect you and be kind? So this is a great tip for my parents out there that have kids that are possibly a little disrespectful to them. If they see you disrespecting yourself, they may think that's okay for them to do too. So one way, and yes, you need to teach them not to disrespect you and other people. But one way you can do that is by starting to respect yourself and know yourself and understand what it is that you want out of life. How do you want people to treat you? And what will you accept in life and what won't you accept in your life? Most people bend over backwards to help others while ignoring their own needs and haven't taken the time to discover who they truly are and what they want. It won't happen overnight, but you can definitely start it today. And one excellent way to begin this journey of self-discovery is to start a journal. We're going to talk a lot about journaling in this, and there are a lot of ways you can journal on different things in that workbook, and that's Really the intent of the workbook is that you pull out some paper or you pull up a blank word document and you have that workbook in front of you and you just go through and start writing on what feels right to you at that time. So answer the questions as best you can. If you have some that you maybe can't answer yet, maybe you mark them and come back to them. Um, But this also allows you, doing a workbook this way, also allows you to go back to it anytime you want to. You can always pull it out because you didn't write all over it. Um, Or you have it, just have it downloaded and you don't even have to print it. 
And that way you don't have to worry about that. So um, that's one of the just many reasons that I chose to do the workbook this way. And so no one besides you will ever see what you wrote. So you can be as open and honest about your thoughts and feelings as you want to be, or you need to be. The more open and honest you can be, the faster and the better your boundaries and your turnaround time will be. You may want to come, You sorry, you may want to start by coming up with 10 or more ways to fill in the blanks of these statements. And before you get started on these statements, I'll read these statements to you. Again, they are in the workbook. I want to make sure you understand that this is not about you judging yourself. So if you're saying people may not, or another way to phrase that is, I won't let others, and you're saying, I'm not going to let them walk all over me. I'm not going to let them dump their work on me. I'm not going to let them create more drama in my life. I'm not going to let them do this or that or the other thing that they've done. This does not mean you should judge yourself for allowing it to have happened in the past. You did not know better. Now you do and you do better. That's how that works. That's all it is. So look at it from a place of curiosity. What would my life look like or what would life be like if I did not allow others to... And you can fill in the phrase. What would life look like if I did not let others create unnecessary drama in my life? And then you can write about that. What would that look like? What would you do? What kind of energy and brain power would you have back that you maybe give to things that aren't necessary right now? So some of the other questions that are in the workbook are, I am not responsible for blank. I deserve blank. It is safe for me to ask for blank. It's appropriate for me to blank as a way of guarding my energy and time. How would you fill those in? It's appropriate for me to walk away when people are talking to me in a way that's not kind and respectful as a way of guarding my energy and time. In the workbook at the bottom, there are some affirmations that I put in there. But what just dawned on me as I'm talking to you about this is when you make these statements and you add to them, they're going to give you your own affirmations. That's pretty powerful. So I do really encourage you. I know this one's going to be a little long and I do really encourage you to get the workbook. Make sure that you do not leave this podcast without getting the workbook. So let's talk just a little bit about journaling um, because you may want to continue to journal as you find yourself reestablishing your newfound boundaries in different situations so you might want to do some evaluating at the end of the day and see how your boundaries held out. And again, it's not judgment. It's all curiosity. So how did you handle a request today to take on a project way out of line with your job description? How could you respond differently next time to a loved one who expected you to help them out of a jam? 
Journaling is a way to give you practice thinking about how to establish your boundaries in advance of needing them. Use the statements above that we just talked about to come up with the language you want to use the next time someone expects you to bail them out of trouble or when you want to ask for something you need. This simple act can give you more confidence so you feel secure in your ability to stand your ground in the moment that these types of challenges occur. Also knowing the language you want to use with others is important because you become more aware that you could be taken advantage of and you start to recognize it more. You could become frustrated. If you get frustrated and you don't know what words you need to use to articulate that you are setting these boundaries, it often ends up with you saying something like you don't want to, or in a way you didn't want, and it ends up with you feeling even worse. Like you might say something harsher than, than you want to say, or you might just cave and you might say, fine, I'll do it. And either way that isn't healthy. So please don't skip this step, no matter how trivial or silly it might seem. It is really very, very important. So that was the first step. The next step is to clarify your values. This just reiterates the understanding yourself because the understanding yourself is a lot about your values. But if you don't know your values, how can other people know them? So when we focus on other people's needs and wants only, we stop spending time on ourselves to discover what we want and need. So now it's time to change that. You may want to use your journal as a way to clarify what values you want in your life. What are your deepest desires? How would you like to spend your free time? Because trust me, you'll have a lot more of it once your boundaries are in place. How would you like to practice more self-care? What do you want to achieve in life? What things in your life would you like to change? Once you know what your desires and values in life are, you'll be able to use those to make decisions about how you spend your time and energy. Anything that doesn't align with them will get an automatic no thanks. This is another great area to journal around. So the next step is choosing your company. Just because you've always eaten lunch with a coworker or been friends with someone for years doesn't mean that has to continue. Now that you are more aware of what you want, it's a great time to reevaluate who you spend time with and who your friends are. Obviously you'll want to enjoy time with people who respect your boundaries and who are positive and supportive. It can be difficult at first to cut that tie, but trust me, once you do and you aren't living in their toxicity or their stress, it will make you feel less stress. And it also doesn't mean that you stop loving them. You just love them from afar. It's just a different, it's a different type. It's a different area. So a good question to ask yourself around this is what people drain your energy and what people give you energy. This would be people that are consistently in your life or that you often deal with. 
And I believe this is the most important question to ask yourself when it comes to who you want to spend time with, because it's the only way you'll know who's helping you and who's hurting you. And hurting might sound like a harsh word, but if they're not moving you forward, they are hurting you. So remember the Jim Rowan quote, you are the sum of the five people you surround yourself with the most. So make sure those five people are quality people for you and that they keep you motivated and moving forward. Another step to setting healthy boundaries is to pause. When someone asks you to take care of something or attend a function, you can pause before you answer. You've spent years saying yes to everything, and it's going to take some time to change that default answer from just coming right out of your mouth. So practice telling them that you need to think about it, or if it makes you more comfortable, say you'll have to check your calendar and get back to them. That will give you the time and the space to decide if it's something you genuinely want to take part of or not. And remember, I'm not telling you to say no to everything. I'm just giving you permission to not say yes to everything. You have options. And also think about this. Would you want someone doing things for you out of guilt or obligation? Typically that's, I mean, in my world, at least that's a strong no. I don't want people to do it for that reason. And so if it's not acceptable in our world to accept people doing stuff like that, we don't want people just obliging. Why is it okay for us to oblige to other people? So the next step is to accept the process. Making yourself a priority and putting boundaries in place is a process and you must accept that you won't always deal with the situations correctly. You may go into an automatic yes mode and regret having agreed later You may allow someone to make a joke at your expense just because you haven't gotten used to it. There will be slip ups, but that doesn't mean you aren't making progress. Learn from each experience and keep going. Be kind to yourself and accept that all journeys have their ups and downs. And another point to this is if you do slip up and instantly agree to do something, that doesn't mean you can't possibly back out. There may be reasons you can back out of something. And if doing it is not healthy for you, this may be the reason you need. Feel into your body. When a situation occurs or you are asked to take a new responsibility, check in with your body. How do you feel within yourself? Do you feel relaxed? Are you naturally smiling? Do you feel excited by the prospect? Or are your shoulders tight? Is your stomach queasy? Get to know how your emotions show up in your body by using the way your body responds to gauge whether a situation is good for you. And with some practice, you won't even need to think about it. It will just become second nature. And then you need to beware of the vampires. Now that you know you can use your body as a reaction gauge, begin noticing how it feels around different people. 
We all have to deal with the occasional energy vampire, a person who drains you of your energy just by being around them. They are happy to let you do their work and fix their problems. They come to you constantly asking for advice, which they rarely ever take. They ask for favor after favor, but are too busy when you need help. You may find that there are several of these energy vampires in your life. They are pros at latching on to individuals who will continue to give them what they need to feel happy. Your energy. Use your body as your guide. Notice who zaps your energy and then find ways to weed them out of your life. Once you stop taking care of their lives for them, they will soon leave you alone and find someone else to do their bidding and you'll be much happier without them. And I always say that there are those people you can't live who can't live without the drama in their lives. Every single time you see them. And yes, this could be daily. There is some issue going on for them and they tell everyone they can about it. Everyone they can talk to, they're telling them. They can't live in their drama alone and they need to bring people into it with them. These people suck your energy and your positivity. And I can tell you from personal experience, I have had to cut several people like this and just cut them from my world. It's not that I don't talk to them anymore. I just don't spend as much time with them. And when I do, I prepare myself to own their, to own into, I prepare myself so that I don't own into their drama. It's not always easy, but it's always worth it. And when I do it, it doesn't bring me down. The next thing you have to do is resist the urge to fix. Have you ever noticed how many people come to you to vent their frustration and anger? How about when you, when friends and coworkers call to ask for advice or help with a project, it will take some practice, but resist the urge to fix their lives for them. Instead, show compassion and empathy. You can be a sounding board for a loved one without needing to fix their problem. Those who only want you to fix them will gradually move on to find someone who will do that for them once you stop. And by not fixing their problem, you will find that a lot. I mean, they will fix it for themselves by talking it out. I find this all the time. If people will just let me talk far enough, I will figure out what it is that I need to do. Because honestly, probably nine out of 10 times, the person that gives me, that tries to fix my problems isn't really fixing it the way I want. And after I use their solution, I realize what I should have done instead. So do that for other people. Let them talk as long as they need to, as long as you can allow them without fixing it. Let them come to the conclusion because they have it within themselves and let them do that. Um, the next step is embrace flexibility. Just because you have set personal boundaries doesn't mean you have to say a firm no to everything. Each situation is a bit different and you may find as time goes on, you want to alter your boundaries. That's perfectly normal and it's perfectly fine. 
Use your new tools of pausing and using your body as a gauge to determine when you feel genuine excitement about the prospect of taking on a new project or going along with the crowd. Your new motto should be, if it feels right, I'm going to do it. So here are some tips for stating your boundaries. Up until now, all of this might sound thrilling, but put in a position where you need to stand your ground, you might not be so sure of yourself. And that's normal. As I've said, creating and maintaining your limits is a process that will become easier the more you practice. So don't worry. I'm not going to leave you on your own devices on how to go about standing up for yourself. You may be worried that putting boundaries in place will turn you into a selfish, harsh person. But trust me when I say that there are ways to do this that are kind and gentle. So I have some suggestions to stand up for yourself without feeling like a monster. Stating your boundaries isn't a commentary. Don't give in to the feeling that you need to explain or defend your decision. The other person doesn't have the right to judge or comment on your decision. Did you hear that? The other person doesn't have the right to judge or comment on your decision. And if they do, and they feel like they have that right, they are a energy sucking vampire. They do not. If someone starts to beg or argue with you after you set a boundary, simply restate your original explanation and end the conversation. Be firm, but courteous. You do not owe anyone an explanation. The next tip, use unassuming direct language when standing your ground. Don't give excuses or explain why you've come to this decision. You only need to state your answer or choice. So an example, if someone was to say to you, hey, let's go, let's go do this thing this weekend. And the thing they want to go do You've done with them before. You didn't really have a good time. It was okay, but it wasn't the best. And you're like, meh, I really would like to stay home and just have some relaxing downtime. And so simply all you have to do is say, no, I have other plans. And that's not a lie because your plans are to take care of yourself. Your plans are for you. And if you try to explain that to them, they're going to say, Oh, but coming out with us would be taking care of yourself and, you know, whatever the case is, they're going to go through this whole thing. So that's why you don't want to explain yourself. You want to just say, nope, I already have other plans. Thank you for the invite. Maybe next time I can join you. And maybe next time you'll feel like joining them. Don't rule that out. Don't feel like you won't ever do anything unless you're at that point And that needs to be the, the, you know, the boundary. Um, but you don't have to, you don't have to make that decision right away. So simply say, thank you for the invite, but I already have plans this weekend and I hope you guys have fun, you know, enjoy yourselves. Can't wait to look at your pictures on Facebook. Leave it at that. 
So the next step, the next tip is if you have judgmental people in your life, start drawing attention to your needs by telling them it's not okay with you for them to criticize. Tell them that you would like them to stop commenting on your choices or whatever aspect of your life that they judge. Now, this one is not easy, but it's very important. And I've had to do this with people. I've had to do this where I've had to say to them, I understand you're trying to help, but I would really appreciate it if you would stop telling me what I need to do. They would always say, well, you need to do this and you need to do that. I don't need to do that. That's what you think that I need. What I think that I need is what I'm doing. So once you start pointing that out to them, if they are good quality people and they truly love you, they will stop. They will recognize it and they will stop. It won't be immediate. They will have to work on it and you will have to be kind and gracious with them, but they will stop. If they are energy vampires, send them packing. They can go suck that energy off of someone else. And that's not cruel. And that's not mean to say that they're going to go suck that energy off of someone else. It's just reality. And until enough people send them packing, they'll continue to do it. They're not going to change. They're typically narcissistic and it is all about them. And that's okay. You don't need that in your life. So the next tip is remember, pausing before agreeing to something is your new best friend. Let the asker know you'll need to sleep on it or check your schedule, but that you will get back to them. That way you have time to decide if you want to say yes, and if not, how you will tell them thanks, but no thanks. Taking that time just gives you time to really evaluate what it is you want to do. And maybe you do want to do it. Maybe you're just scared. Maybe you just don't know. It's okay. Take that time. And the last tip, if someone is offended offended or angered by your new boundaries, keep in mind that is their issue. And I'm going to say that one again. It's their issue, not yours, if they are offended. Most likely those people are the ones who have conscientiously chosen to come to you in the past because they think you're a pushover. When you start to stand your ground, they won't like it, but don't back down because soon they'll be someone else's problem. So now let's talk about saying no and sticking to the word no. Why is it so hard to say no, even when we're screaming it inside? When someone invites us to another boring event or to join into a project, And there are several common reasons for this. We're scared we'll look selfish. We're afraid people will be angry or hurt. We don't want to let someone down. We are comfortable being overscheduled. We're afraid of missing out on something. It makes us feel important and valued. We feel guilty about turning down the offer. Our self-value is related to helping and pleasing others. And I can't promise you that this will be easy, especially since it's likely if you are listening to this, that you've spent a lifetime saying yes, but we do know it's worth the effort. 
So here are a few things you can look forward to when you start saying no to the things that aren't important to you. You get more time for yourself. You get more self-respect, more energy, less stress, empowerment, fewer responsibilities, more time to spend with loved ones, more self-compassion, more self-care, and the realization that life goes on without you being in control of everything. You'll wonder why you didn't do it sooner. So when do you need to say no? It's important to understand that I'm not advocating to saying no to everything, every opportunity. I am encouraging you to choose for yourself how you spend your time and energy. Instead of handing over those precious commodities to others, you're going to take charge of them for yourself. It's your life and you deserve to live it in the way that you want. So here are some suggestions for times when saying no might be in your best interest. And remember, all of this is in that workbook. So go be sure and go and download it so that you have all this in writing too. You're not just hearing it. You can always refer back to it. So some of the suggestions for times to say no. When you're tired or overwhelmed, when you're ill, when you simply don't want to, when the offer sounds boring or not in your wheelhouse, when you have another way you'd rather spend that time, when you've allocated that time to self-care, it's going to be stressful. You'll need to dedicate more time than is comfortable. And you already have a comfortable balance of obligations. If it's not part of your values or you don't even care about it. If it will take time away from something important to you. And if it's not your responsibility. So need tips for saying no? I've got you covered there too. Schedule you time. One of my best tips may seem unnecessary, but sadly it isn't. When was the last time you took time just to enjoy your own company? That can take on any form. If you know me at all, you know I love to promote self-care and saying no to take care of yourself is a huge form of self-care. Maybe you want to sign up for a yoga class or take up meditation. Perhaps you want to learn a new hobby or take a class in some subject that's always interested you. It doesn't matter what it is. Schedule it into your calendar. And yes, it's important to block out time in your schedule for you time. After you get used to taking time for self-care, you may not need to do this, but for now, it's important. If you don't schedule it, it will go to the bottom of the list of priorities and never happen. Then when someone asks you to do something that interferes with that time, you can simply explain that you just have another commitment. There's no need to explain that you are attending a pottery class or going to the putting range. Doing this will ensure you get quality time with yourself and will give you a real reason for saying no to things that aren't important to you. Don't give in to guilt. You may have people in your life 
who are harder to say no to than others. That is normal. We all have that imposing manager, bossy friend, and overbearing relative. These people may put you on the spot when you tell them no. After all, they are used to you saying yes. If this happens, and it will eventually, don't give in to the guilty reaction you might get internally or from them. Some people play the guilt or victim card extremely well, and they are happy to bring it out whenever they need to persuade someone to do what they want. Stand firm and repeat your no thank you. Prioritize your life. Just because you can squeeze in another commitment doesn't mean you should. One of the reasons you are here is because you want to learn how to choose your life, choose how you spend your energy, and how to make you a priority. Having a hole in your schedule isn't a good enough reason for saying yes if you don't want to. When faced with this situation, ask yourself, what's more important to you, having some downtime or making that person happy? No justification necessary. Just as I mentioned earlier about not giving in to guilt, you may have some people who expect you to justify why you can't do what they are asking. More likely, however, you'll feel a compulsion to explain, even if you're making up an excuse. Remember, plain and simple, sorry, but I can't make it, is all that's needed. After you say it, clamp your mouth shut. If you start telling them a story about why you said no, then they have that much longer to control your answer and you'll sometimes find yourself giving in. And remember to hit the pause button. It's a good idea to get in the habit of not responding one way or another immediately. Instead, tell the person you need to sleep on it or that you need to check your schedule and you'll get back to them. If the request is in an email, text, or voicemail, you can take the time to think about it before you respond. Doing this will give you time to decide if you want to commit and how to state your answer in the best way. Make a different suggestion. If you're invited to spend time with someone you enjoy, but the event they're proposing is of no interest, or the timing will cause you to need to rush, consider making a different suggestion. If this week is busy, ask if you can postpone until the weekend. If the event isn't something you care to spend your time doing, recommend a different one at another time. Doing this gives you practice saying no, but also allows you to spend time with the people you truly enjoy. And lastly, trust your gut. Remember when I talked earlier about tuning into your body and learning your real emotions about something? When someone asks you to do something, this is another excellent time to use that technique. If it feels like a burden has suddenly landed on your shoulders, you should say no. If you need some time or space to gauge your gut instinct, tell them you'll have to get back to them. You can trust that your body will show you what you feel deep down about accepting that offer. And remember, Learning to say no doesn't mean you'll say it to everything. Saying no is a choice. You get to choose how to spend your time and energy. And that is how it should be. So now that you know how to set better boundaries, I would love to hear from you on where you plan to start. What is it that's, that's keeping you stuck? Where are you needing to 
get going on this. Send me a message at Thankful Hearts Coaching on social media or send me an email at thankfulheartscoaching at gmail.com. And I would love to have a conversation with you around this. If it's something I feel like you're going to need further work on, I will recommend either one of my programs or one of my, or my one-to-one um, coaching. So we can ta- always talk about that and go from there. And if you found this useful and you want to refer back to it, be sure to save it in your episodes and share it with a friend. If you think you have somebody else who could really use it, be sure you share it with a friend. So I hope you got a lot out of this. I would love to hear back from you and I will talk to you next week. Thanks. Bye.